I love the playoffs. Anything can happen. But the best part? It's like bonus football. And bonus football means betting bonuses with Gambit DC. For a limited time, get up to a 57% multi-sport parlay boost on the Gambit DC app, online, or at any Gambit DC retail location throughout the district. It's the most exciting time to be a fan. So make your play and get the home field advantage with Gambit DC. Limited time offer, terms and conditions apply. Please bet responsibly. Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Let My People Vote is a riveting short documentary exposing the harsh voter suppression laws that prohibit 6.1 million Americans from voting. Um, this is crazy, right, Nancy? That's an awful lot of people who aren't allowed to vote. Exactly. I think it might even change the results of an election sometimes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, this award-winning film is new. It's uh, becoming a rallying call for youth to participate in the midterm elections. Uh, we just finished watching it. It is very effective and eye-opening, and we're really happy to have film director Gilda Ann Brash of Los Angeles-based Lucy Filmworks join us here on Big Blend Radio today. And um, I encourage you to go to the website, letmypeoplevotemovie.com. Uh, you can view the trailer and also go there to schedule a screening. Welcome, Gilda. How are you? Good. Thank you. And thank you for having me, Lisa and Nancy. Hey, we're super glad you're here. Um, I know it's it's really interesting, uh, you know, all the different things you've covered in your career. And uh, some of them, it's like, okay, we're going to do, you know, love and hip hop and uh, then also let my people vote. I know you've also uh, worked with Oprah Winfrey on her special Building a Dream um, over in South Africa, which is a place we lived uh, in for very many years. And uh, so we've got a lot of connections, that and national parks. I know you love national parks like we do, but um, what led you to create Let My People Vote? Well, that's a good question. Um, as 2016 elections were approaching, the presidential election, between Trump and Clinton, I just started like doing some reading about voting. I'm not quite sure how I got to it, but I I came upon an article that I was so surprised that in 2013, the Supreme Court in a five to four decision had basically ruled that Racial inequality did not exist so much in this country as it did in the 60s when Martin Luther King worked with Lyndon President Johnson to pass the Voting Rights Act. And in 2013, in that five to four Supreme Court decision, they basically gutted key provisions of the 1965 Voting Rights Act. And as Representative John Lewis um awesome man, one of my heroes, his quote on that that I like to share is that the Supreme Court stuck a dagger through the Voting Rights Act. And then we are now in 2016, and we're having the first presidential election without the full protections of the VRA. And I just happened to get this idea, you know, I want to go out to some polling places, and I want to see, like, does it have an effect? Like, I had no idea what I would find. Mm-hmm. And so you went to Florida, right? And this is um, where you, you, I mean, watching this gentleman, uh, Mr. Mead, and, and, and you connected with him and filmed what he was doing. And he's got an incredible story. And um, I just, he really is just, he shows that you, you never quit for what you believe in, right? Um, just how, yes, you know, exactly. Desmond Mead, um, everyone. Um, so this was in Tampa, right? Yes, this is in Tampa. So we we chose the state of Florida because knowing that it's basically the biggest swing state, um, which way it goes absolutely decides an election, and it's going to be the same way in 2020. In fact, Florida now is going to get two more electoral votes. It's going to go up from 29 to 31. They're going to have more power than the state of New York in this next election, presidential election in 2020. So we chose to go there in 2016. And um, you just mentioned Desmond Mead. He is the president of the Florida Rights Restoration mm-hmm. Committee and Coalition, I think it is actually. 
F-R-R-C. You can look them up online. And um, he is himself a returned citizen or an ex-felon. And in Florida, no matter what you get a felony for, and here's the crazy thing, it can be for really like what we would think would be minor things. Once you are convicted of that felony, you will never vote in Florida for the rest of your life. Now, that doesn't mean that you've even been incarcerated. And the example in the film is a gentleman, an older gentleman, who got a felony violation um, because he drove with a suspended license. But, I mean, in Dude. terms of, you know, it, it, it's just, it, it just kind of, you know, he didn't serve any time for that. And he got his driver's license back. But that happened, you know, at the time of the film, that happened some 23 years ago. And the gentleman still couldn't cast a vote in the presidential election or any election in Florida. Wow. That's ridiculous. And, and didn't this also happen in, in Maryland as well, where um, if you were convicted that, uh, and, but you returned, you're a returned citizen, which means that part is over. You are back in society. It's already hard enough going from that to trying to get, you know, a career started and get a job and, you know, start your life anew. And then, you know, it, to me, that's like taking your, your, your breathing, <laughs> your, your birth right away. You know, um, if you're a citizen of this country and um, you are working and doing, you know, adding to, you know, this country, you should be allowed to vote. Otherwise, if you're, you know, why did they let people come back into society if, if they weren't allowed to do the most fundamental thing that we, sh we should be allowed to do? Yes, no, no, absolutely. It is it is a basic civil and human right. And, you know, listen, I'm a white lady. I'm from the beach in California. And I, you know, this, this, this basically woke me to so many issues. Because I realized after a little while, like, wow, if it was me, I never would have had that felony conviction on my record. I would have gotten a great lawyer. And I would have like, you know, spent the money because it would have been expensive, but I would have had that charge reduced to a misdemeanor. Mm. And therefore, I could vote. But as, you know, Mr. Mead explains in our film, you know, poor people can't necessarily afford the lawyer and all the fees. So they take the plea bargain. And as soon as you take the plea bargain, you're convicted, you have a record, and then your rights are taken away. So it, it really is aimed at, you know, a certain economic class, too, that um, this whole thing is going on. Wow. wow. This is really, really crazy. You know, and I'm, my mind goes to all the people who have been convicted, convicted of, of felony charges and put in jail. And later on, they're, they're released and found innocent because of the processing of DNA now. I mean, mm -hmm. so half the time that people going to prison don't even belong there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And those are for, obviously, if they're looking at your DNA, those are for allegations that are much more serious than driving mm -hmm. with a suspended license. But as we mm -hmm. point out in the film, if you burn a tire in public in Florida, that is a third degree felony conviction. You're not going to serve any time, but it's a felony. If you think you're a nice person and a sea turtle egg falls out of the nest and you put it back, if you're seen doing that, that is a third degree felony. If you buy somebody 10 Mylar birthday balloons at the dollar store and you let them go in the air and a policeman sees you and wants to write you up, that is a felony conviction. So all of these like, I know, what the heck? Seriously. Wow. Yeah, that's one of the things. I don't know if you saw the graphic in the film with that map of Florida with all those statues flying at you. Oh, those are man. all those are all third degree felonies if you are so convicted. So, you know, and, and that's the other thing. People may not understand that by taking the plea bargain, it's like, okay, I burned a tire in public. I'm not gonna go to jail for it. Um, all right, you know, I don't have the money right now for a lawyer. And I'll just plead guilty. So people may not realize that that is going to take your vote away. I wonder if it's even pointed out to them when they're making these choices. If, you know, the government tells them, mm -hmm. by the way, if you accept this plea bargain, you will not be allowed to vote ever. 
Right. Well, I wonder if they even do that, or, or do they sign something that, you know? That's a good. Aware. That's a good question. That would be something we would have to ask mm -hmm. um, Mr. Mead about, or one of the members of the FRRC. I don't know, but mm -hmm. even and and what goes with your voting rights? That's taken away. Also, in the case of Desmond Mead for, in the film, he actually earned a law degree since mm -hmm. he completed and served his sentence and all parole and everything. He completed a law degree, but he cannot practice law in the state of Florida. But he's completed a law degree and he cannot practice law and he can't right. vote. Right. So it's kind of like a package. It's like a, it's like a package deal of rights that they're going to strip from you. They're going to take your vote away. They're not going to let you practice law, and they're not going to let you run for office. Now, if Desmond was in Georgia, he could practice law. And this is an important thing too, because he didn't move. He said he he decided I'm staying in Florida. You know, this is this is his state. This is my home, and you don't just pick up your toys and leave every time it gets difficult. And I really have such huge respect for him of, hey, I'm going to stand up and do something. If I can't vote, I'm going to get people to vote. Like, I'm going to do something about this. And um, I think that he really is this just guiding example of so many people that do pick up and do things correctly, do stand up and say, hey, we need to change this. Hey, I can still make a difference. And I think sometimes the people making these laws don't think people like Mr. Mead exist. You know, no, I, I don't think so. And, you know, it, I mean, that is the, um, to me, you know, I just so admire the role of the activist. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. somebody who just keeps walking the walk mm -hmm. because they feel called to do so at, at great sacrifice to themselves. Absolutely. Is there a way to... I mean, I look at what's happening now, even in the Supreme Court, and um, is there a way to change this law? Because I know with Maryland and I know Baltimore, they can now vote. And um, I right. think they were able to turn this. So can this be turned over when we look at, you know, upcoming elections? Well, I certainly hope so, but it's not moving in that direction at all. So first, let me just explain one thing in terms of how this whole thing started um, mm. with the taking the vote away. It goes back to the Jim Crow laws after the Civil War. Mm. This was a law that's basically been on the books in many states, particularly the South, since like 1865. So that was another thing that opened my eyes. I was just like, wow, we still have basically systemic racism embedded into our laws today from the, the, the end of the Civil War. And so now, flash forward, 150 years later, it's actually getting worse and worse. Um, not only is this law going on in Florida and in two other states that completely disenfranchises ex-felons, and when we say ex-felons, again, we're not, we're not even talking about, these are, these are crimes that people committed. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. It never dawned on me how much walking I used to do until I bought a house in the suburbs. Like when I'd say, I'm going for coffee, of course I was walking. But now it's like three miles, and no latte's worth that. I find myself inviting people on walks with me, like it's a scheduled activity. This morning, my neighbor asked me what I'm doing, and I actually said, I'm going for a walk with Nancy. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. That they didn't necessarily serve time for. It doesn't, and, and so, so what's going on today is last, well, I guess it wasn't last month now, in June, um, June 11th and June 24th, I think it was, the Supreme Court handed down two more really key decisions, both five to four decisions again, and they ruled in the state of Ohio that the state of Ohio can purge voters if they missed voting in an election. So that means, oh, I was out of the country traveling, or I didn't really think the midterms were important, or I had a doctor's appointment and I couldn't get off work that day, so I missed my midterm election. Then you are purged from Ohio's voting rolls. So what do they do? They mail you a postcard that you might think is junk mail. And if you don't mail that postcard back and say, yes, I still live here and I want to vote, then you are wiped out. 
So then you may show up for your next election and you're no longer there. So anyone that's listening that's in the state of Ohio, make sure that you are still on the roster. Um, Then in June, they also ruled in another five to four Supreme Court decision that it was legal for Texas to gerrymander the districts. Mm. And that decision was another shocking one because, I mean, we know Texas is pretty conservative, but even their state judge said that the gerrymandering was extremely biased against minorities, yet the Supreme Court overruled it. So what's going to happen? Other states that are want to go in that direction, depending on what, um, you know, I guess party controls that state, they're going to say, oh, well, Ohio said you could purge. Oh, they said we could gerrymander in Texas. So this is just going to be a really terrible snowball that's starting. Wow. So we really have mm. to, and, and I think people also need to understand the importance of midterm elections as well. Mm-hmm. And any any local election, you know, all of them, they all count. And and that's the thing. Watching those pieces of paper, you know, I, I think this is so important what you're doing, you know, and, and um, like your film is just, it it's short and it gets right to the point and it's undeniable what's going on. But we have to take action and be aware and share this information. I think that's one of the beauties of documentaries is, you know, this is a way for people to see what's going on and and to share it beyond what we always see maybe on TV. You know, there's a, you know, or everybody can, you know, say this news channel doesn't do their job. Everybody's fighting over who's a legit news channel. Um, Watch a documentary and and share it around. Um, But it is, a. I think things like that do creep in there's there's you know even just as business owners there's changes in laws all the time but it's not like the government sends you a booklet of changes it's like suddenly you know the wage has changed did you know <laughs> you know mm. so it's, there's not really an effective communication system between what's happening legally and what's happening with citizens i don't think in in general well yes and that's why you know it's very important for people People too stay up on on the news and relevant articles, and we try to help you with that with with voting rights um, on our website, the LetMyPeopleVoteMovie.com. And remember, you got to put movie at the end of Let My People Vote. LetMyPeopleVoteMovie.com. We have a tab on there that's um, I think it says Voting Rights Watch, and mm-hmm. I've posted articles um, about all these Supreme Court um, decisions that have come down that may affect you. And one of the really great um, writers on all of this, many articles I've posted from him, is um, Ari Berman from Mother Jones Magazine. He's been Mm. in this sector for years and years, has a great book called Give Us the Ballot, and um, really was one of the uh, inspirations for me to go out and and do this work. You know, and and I want to give a shout out to, can we give a shout out to Moby? Because oh yeah, absolutely. This this wild darkness, mm-hmm. um, and it's from his latest album. Everything was beautiful and nothing hurt. Um, so he donated this to the movie soundtrack, right? Yes, yes. He he's allowing us to to use it at the end of the film during the credits, and it's just such a beautiful and positive and moving piece that he recorded with a with a, go- a full gospel choir. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. I love Moby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's he's, mm-hmm. he's pretty radical too, yep. man. He's, he's 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 an activist for sure. So yes, absolutely. He, he is another person that definitely stands up. Yeah, for sure. And 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 it does. It takes cojones, you know. But this is the thing. I you know I feel like it's it's I have this this suppression that we're doing this this you know people have a right to live in this country and breathe and, and be as successful as they want. And when you can't vote, it's taking away so much of how we live, quality of life. It is just such a really big deal. Um, I want everybody to see this movie. And um, so let my people vote. You can go to letmypeoplevotemovie.com. What's the best way for them to be able to see it? Well, if you happen to be in Atlanta, we are going to be at the Bronze Lens Film Festival at the end of the month. It starts August 22nd. 
So there will be screenings at um, the Bronx Lunds Festival in at Atlanta, in Atlanta. And then in September, we're going to be screening in Seattle. One of our partners is the Levi Strauss Foundation. They are absolutely mm. wonderful in working on things that have to do with voting rights. So I am only going to buy Levi's jeans from now on. That's right. Okay. <laughs> hey, and, and shout out to them because they got started in Encinitas, California. Check it out. They're cool. Oh, I didn't even know that. That's wonderful. Surfing history. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> Surfing town. I love Encinitas. <laughs> oh, it's gorgeous. Anyways. Yeah. So, so okay. So this is Seattle that you're going to be in? Yeah. So we'll so be screening in Seattle in September. And then what we're going to be trying to do is to start a, um, like basically a university campus tour and an HBCU tour, um, like after school starts again next month up till the end of voting registration, which I think is October 6th for the midterm elections. And we're hoping to screen the film at campuses. But if people really want to arrange um, some other sort of a private screening, they can write to us on the contact form on the, on the website. Excellent, excellent. So everyone, it's letmypeoplevotemovie.com. Um, we were also very lucky to see the uh, trailer of Selma. Can you tell us about that? Yes, well, that little short demo piece on, on Selma, is, it's not released yet. It's really a concept reel, but it was, we just went down to Selma in December during the Roy Moore, Doug Jones election. And the press was there from all over the world. It was really amazing. I think we got the last rental car in Birmingham Airport. And most people were headed towards those two campaigns to see who was going to win, you know, the horse race. And we were like, no, let's go down to Selma. Let's see what's going down there. I've never been to Selma. So then we just rolled into town and it was the day of the election. And it was the last few hours that the polls were open. So we headed to a polling place at a YMCA and we just hung out in the parking lot and we talked to people as they were coming out. And this is, Selma is part of what's called the Black Belt of Alabama, so named due to its rich soil. And as we came out, it was definitely a minority population, but we asked people, so how did that go? And we were really shocked to hear that so many people had to work so hard to get a vote cast that day. Their district and their polling place had been moved sometimes for these people like three times. They were run here, there, and everywhere all over the county to try to cast a vote until they finally arrived at, like, say, the YMCA where their name was actually on the list. So then when the, when the results came in, and Doug Jones won, and they credited it by a very, very narrow margin of, you probably read about it in the press, of the African-American women basically pushing him over the right. top. Well, our film shows just how hard those women had to work to even cast a vote. That part was not, that part of the story was not covered. It wasn't like they just walked up and could vote in the first place that they showed up at. They had to work at it. Yes. Yeah. It's, and, and you know what? It's not fair. I mean, what happens, you know, um, if if you're disabled, you're an elder, um, you know, maybe you're, you're, you don't know. You don't car. have a car. Right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> rental, you know, car rental fees go up or you're getting on a bus from one place to the other. And maybe it's difficult for you uh, mobility wise. Um, and and I think when when this kind of thing happens, too, it doesn't help us trying to get the youth involved. And I think this is again, I'm I'm always like, come on. As soon as you're 18, and I have, I have a feeling that our youth now, as soon as they can vote, I think they're going to, it's going to be one of the biggest um, changes in voting because I think the youth are very woke compared. You know, they're, they're ready to go and do it. And Absolutely. I think they want to see changes. I see, I know people trash the youth and I'm like, don't do it. <laughs> you know, they're, no, look, they're at the really, park, look at the Parkland students. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. You look at them and how they stand up. I get goosebumps when I mm -hmm. even think about it. And, and I'm like, they're going to do it. And we need to make it as easy as possible for everyone that can vote to vote and to make sure that people should be voting. It should be easy. This should be something that, 
you're excited about, actually. This should, you know, that feeling of patriotism, of pride of your country is like, hey, I get to vote. Um, you know, and even women, we haven't, you know, it's been so, it hasn't been that long that we've been allowed to vote, quite frankly. And we need to watch it. We need to stand yeah, up and absolutely. vote as much. Yeah, I think it's really, really odd that you can do your taxes online and somehow all that seems to work. IRS <laughs> seems to know who's supposed to, you know, be paying taxes. They don't seem to lose track of that. And, you know, but then when it comes to voting rights, suddenly we got to go back and do it by paper and snail mail and all the, you know, inefficient manner possible. Hmm. Whereas IRS works pretty well online. Why can't we vote online? Well, that brings us into the part that I'm not even covering in our documentaries. I mean, I'm covering the laws that are happening right here mm-hmm. in our country. But the whole Russian hacking thing and interference right. is absolutely real. And that's a whole other front that's going to affect us right now that is mm-hmm. affecting us. Mm-hmm. A lot of places are going back to the old, old traditional machines and things like that for voting, you know. And, yeah, I uh, hope so. I hope so yeah. because the, you know the machines are being hacked. But but just back to the midterms for a second. The yeah. you know the reason this is so important right now is because you know we want people to get out and vote so that they can you know vote for all the congressional and the the Senate candidates and even their state legislature representatives are all up right now. And and how who gets in really determines the future of which way voting rights goes. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to get out, especially if you live in Florida, this issue that we're talking about, the disenfranchisement of the ex-felons, 1.5 million of them in Florida alone there's an amendment four. So you want to vote yes for amendment four that would re-enfranchise these returned citizens. And that will have a huge impact, I think, on the 2020 election. Mm. Excellent, excellent. Well, I'm so glad you brought this to the forefront and, and I thank you for that. Um, we do wanna know what led you into the world of producing and filmmaking? Oh, good question. Um, I don't know. I think we all just get, you know, we just kind of get charged up when we're watching films and stories that resonate with us. And I just remember, you know, as a young person feeling those emotions that could come up from watching a story unfold on the screen. And I just thought, wow, you know, I want to figure out how to do that one day. Mm. Cool. For sure. Yeah. Then you've covered so much uh, ground. Um, now, South Africa, did you have a good time there? Oh, yeah. South Africa was just another, um, gosh, another huge eye-opening experience. Um, and, you know, some of the highlights there were that we got to film in Nelson Mandela's prison cell of 27 years. Wow. They gave us the key and we went into his cell on Robben Island. and. That was just, you know, just kind of strikes you all through your body like, wow, this is like, I don't even know how to put it into words. But this is where, you know, this great man wrote these books and, you know, then became president when he got out. 27 years. Unbelievable. Um, And actually, you know, due to um, me working with uh, Miss Oprah Winfrey on the productions there, I did get to meet him a few times and, you know, his countenance just felt, it just seemed like I was in the presence of a Buddha. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Just just yeah. so grounded and clean and, and a loving being. Um, so, yeah, no, there, there were amazing, amazing times in, uh, in, in South Africa and, and, and in Kazulu Natal where you two have been, right? Yeah, we, well, we, lived there we used to live in um gosh we lived all over the place <laughs> just kind of like our travels um but we lived in our last place was port elizabeth in cape uh, the eastern cape and oh beautiful uh, yeah that was our last mm. place but we did live up in graytown um which is up in kwazulu natal and um we lived near it was all near durban margate those areas as well so 
um, yeah, we went we went everywhere in South Africa, and the history is so diverse and so, and it's such a beautiful country. And the people, um, everybody has a different side of of their belief. Um, and I, you know, it's just, you know, Africa changes you. I, I believe that. You know, when I was raised, you know, mostly in Kenya and South Africa, and to me that is, you know, I'm American, but it changes you. And, and once you go there, they always have that saying of once you go to Africa, you'll keep going back. And I think that's very true. Did you feel that the first time you went there? I did. I, I felt it. But then on the other hand, when I came back, I was in a way so appreciative of being back um, mm. because I love the beauty and the spirit of Africa. But they are, I felt, even behind us in certain ways of social mm -hmm. progress sure. that was sure. really heartbreaking to see and as a you know we, we take our freedoms in this country for granted you know mm -hmm. because Africa has gone through so much change so fast as it's being you know jolted into the 21st century you know crime is not exactly little there it's it, it, it's it's there's a there's a lot more crime than here so you know as a woman in america i can go out my front door and go take a jog or we can mm -hmm. walk in the park with our dog or we can sit outside at a starbucks and i was really surprised to see that you don't do that in johannesburg oh no when no. remember nancy when we first got to to <laughs> south africa we 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 lived in England for a little bit, and then it was like, was it the mid '80s that we got to South Africa? We, we're not good at dates on on all that, but um, we we were staying somewhere, and women. I mean, there were a lot of places that women were not allowed. You know, what was mm. that place we we weren't allowed in a restaurant? Oh, that oh the Union Hotel. Yeah, we weren't allowed when, in. I had no idea that women weren't allowed in a uh, wow. hotel bar. Yeah, restaurant. Mm. Yeah, that, what year was connected. that? Oh gosh, that, this 1985, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, and and so um, I walked in with Lisa. We we're going to have lunch, and because it was connected to a bar, all these men were in there, and there were no women. And um, I knew that the laws had just, you know, that it changed keeping um, uh, black people from being in inside certain areas. Yeah. And, but the signs were still there, which wow. is interesting to me. But And I never saw any signs that said no women allowed. It just was you weren't allowed. And mm. a waiter came over and, and had to explain to me I wasn't allowed in there. Could I leave? And I was just like, no, I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm mm. going to have lunch. <laughs> you know? Because, but they wouldn't serve us. And, you know, wow. when something happens like that to you, you really start to appreciate why things need to change. And you know, right now in this country, people that haven't maybe lived outside the country feel that we're safe from things like happening or going backwards, and obviously we are not. So it is really important that people get out and vote, and if for some reason they're not allowed to vote, they need to fight to be able to vote. Otherwise, we will be the ones that people look at and say, this is a backward country. Mm -hmm. And if we can vote, we need to help those who cannot vote. Mm -hmm. But then look at Mr. Mead. He can't vote and he's helping people vote. <laughs> how many, how exactly. many people that he's, he's helped? How many people now? He, he's amazing. Oh, it was. He's helped yeah, I, I don't know. It must, it must be thousands. Um, but, mm -hmm. you know, the day that we followed him from to Tampa, you know, he lives in Orlando and he just would cover that state going all kinds of places. And so that's why, you know, the fact that when we filmed in in November of 2016 during the presidential election, they hadn't yet accomplished getting Amendment 4 on the, the ballot, the referendum that's coming up this November. And they, in just a few months after we filmed with him, they got over 1 million signatures to place Amendment 4 on the Florida ballot, which is just a huge, huge, um, shiny example of what you can do with a grassroots campaign to really make mm -hmm. a difference. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, you, you've got to tell everybody, Vusi. Oh, Vusi. Okay. The so the name of our company is Vusi, V-U-S-I Filmworks. And 
I actually, you know, like you said, once you, once you go to Africa, maybe a little bit of Africa stays in you. So it actually is my tip of the hat. (laughs) Yeah, it is my nod to Africa. So Vusi is a Zulu word, which means to uplift or to awaken. Mm -hmm. And it sometimes is given to the name of uh, firstborn sons in Africa. Like uh, Vusi Mahasela, if I'm saying his name right, the the great South African musician. Mm. That see that mm. that's I like that name. I like that name a lot. And thank you, thank you. Yeah, that that's and it is about being woke. <laughs> exactly. And so and I'll give a shout out to. Yeah, and, and on that note, I'll give a shout out to a couple other great organizations that are, are working mm. to, to woke people to vote. Um, one of them is actually called Woke Vote, and yes. they're based in Atlanta, and they're working to get out the vote and register people. You can check them online and follow them on social. And uh, another group is, have you heard of um, Reverend Barber in North Carolina? No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, Reverend Barber is just an amazing voice for civil rights. Very charismatic, incredible speaker. Um, And he's running what's called now the Poor People's Campaign, which is basically a reincarnation of the Poor People's Campaign that Martin Luther King um, and his his, um, associates started back in the 60s. And to people that are listening in North Carolina, you have a very, very important referendum on your ballot this November, which is a referendum that says, should people have to present a state-issued ID in order to cast a ballot in North Carolina? Wow. And voter ID laws are actually another form of voter suppression, particularly in more rural areas, where some of the senior citizens in certain communities may not have even been born in hospitals with birth certificates. And maybe they don't drive anymore. So to have to present an ID, many people say that it's equivalent of a poll tax. You have to mm-hmm. buy and pay a fee for that ID to vote. And it's again, it's not like these people just popped up out of the blue and said, I want to vote this year. They may have voted for decades and decades. And now all of a sudden, here's a voter ID law, which, again, is basically targeted at disenfranchising minority and economically challenged populations. Yeah, I remember this starting up now. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, and it even I remember talk of it on the last elections. And it, it, it kind of freaked me out a little bit in, in South Africa as soon as you were of age. And actually, most people did have this. You have to have an ID book. You have to yep. have, and it was these little green books, and it's like with purple stamps on them. Anything you did, like even if you know, you couldn't, you couldn't open a library card without your little green wow. book and your purple stamp from the library. Right. You couldn't open a <laughs> post office box. You couldn't. That was you. It's it. It felt like, you know, it. it that's where you start. I mean, it's like 1984, man. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. You You had to carry them on on you at all, at all times. Right. So that was, it was an important thing for some things, but um, it really was where you, you just felt like you're being watched. And, you know, I always had to have that kind of thing because we, you know, we weren't citizens. And so it was always like, you know, you're the immigrant. <laughs> you know, my whole life has been that. Oh, you're not from here. Who cares? You yeah. know, but, <laughs> but um, you know, people were nice. So I, I want to make sure everyone knows that people were really, 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 uh, really nice to us. But um, having that booklet, I remember even my friends, you know, high school, and we're all like, yeah, you know, now we're being watched. And it just feels like you're a number. You're not a human being. Whereas you'd think, oh, you get an ID book. This is all about me. No, it's not. It's it's just this weird controlling feeling of having to have that book, and I just mm-mm. Um, mm-mm. there has to be some kind of system. Yeah, you know I understand that, but it it is interesting when you start to think back to this country, um, who benefits from having a number of minorities not be able to vote? Who who's behind that? 
who wants that to happen and why? Mm-hmm. Well, you, you know, you um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Without, without little, getting too without getting too political, I mean, yeah. you know, the power base in this country has basically been from, you know, wealthy white landowners, and um, and and now corporations, which we say have, you know, according to those recent laws that said the corporations are like people and they have rights too. So, yep. It um, really will change the power structure. I mean, like, let's just take this Mm -hmm. recent tax cut for the wealthy that Trump just passed. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Exactly. That's like, if you want to keep those, you know, certain people are getting millions and, you know, back on their taxes now. So that, you know, if if they want that to happen, then they have to keep that power base in because – they don't want to have their tax dollars taken away to go towards universal health care or any kind of services. This is, you know, and if you follow that line of reasoning, you realize the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Eventually, it's called revolution, mm-hmm. and and it gets violent. Mm-hmm. And you know, so I would look at the the echelon of rich people that are pulling the strings. I hope they come to your house first. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Nancy. Here we go. Here we go. Well, because, Here we go. you know, that's the cause but of it. The, the, the true thing is the more power we can have in votes, that's, that's the key thing. That's, that's the way, that's the route, is getting those who cannot vote to be able to vote that's the and peaceful those, way. Of that, that's a peaceful a way of doing this. And yes. so, and it is, we can, if we all work together to do it. And um, again, uh, go to letmypeoplevotemovie.com and uh, she's got some great links and articles up there as well. And just share it with your friends. That's, you know, the good thing about social media, there's some negatives, but the good thing is we can all connect together in those ways as well. Um, Gilda, uh, we want to thank you for joining us. It has been such a good conversation and we hope you keep in touch and let us know about your different projects as they come up. Um, but we want to also give a shout out to the National Parks Arts Foundation who is sponsoring today's episode. Uh, the National Parks Arts Foundation, they rock. They create unique artisan residence programs in park units across the country. Uh, you could be staying on, in, on a remote island, a loggerhead key in Dry Tortugas. Uh, you could be at Chaco Canyon, mm. uh, Aztec Ruins, there's Gettysburg, uh, Big Bend National Park, Hawaii Volcanoes National Park, I mean, it goes on and on these places and there's always new parks uh, on, on board. And so any kind of artist, whether you're a photographer, a filmmaker, uh, a writer, a poet, um, they also have a uh, program just for artists who are veterans, military veterans, um, you can apply. And um, if you get awarded the residency, you get to stay in that park unit that you submitted for, for a full month to create, which is amazing. I love it. It is amazing. Some of the things that have come out of it. I know Big Bend, uh, one of the, uh, there was a filmmaker, Gilda, that went and ended oh. up doing a whole series, TV series that went global. So there's wow. things like, in, in a, sometimes if you're, it's your art, it may end up in the National Park Art, um, excuse me, the National Park Service um, art libraries. Uh, so there's all of these amazing things that come out of this. We've been interviewing artists every month, uh, the first Friday of every month here on Big Bend Radio. And it's just incredible. We've had poets on. We've had dancers, musicians, all kinds of artists uh, do apply. So I wanted to ask you, Gildo, would you stay in a park for a month to just work on a film? Heck yes. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I got to look at the list. I mean, uh, listen, I, I share your love of our national parks, which is another reason to vote. Exactly. Put it all full circle because... National parks, national monuments, sacred um, First Nations places are now being, uh, you know, right now are being taken away by their administration. And we need to have our vote and we need to raise our voice about those things too. Um, You know, other great, you know, um, organizations working in that space are, of course, the Sierra Club, the National Parks Foundations, Mm -hmm. and the... NRDC, National Resources Defense Council, they are all very vocal about that. So, um, yes, I mean, and our NPCA, national parks the are national, sacred. National mm-hmm. Parks Conservation Association, that's what, we did so many interviews on issues facing our parks, uh, like the Four Corners being polluted by the Navajo yes. generation. 
station, um, things like that, and we started realizing how many issues our, our parks face. And our parks are connected to gateway communities. So if a park is polluted, your town is going to be polluted. If a town is polluted, yes. the park is going to be polluted. So, you know, and, and we're talking about historic places. You're talking about Selma. Uh, Selma is part of a national historic trail. Um, also, mm -hmm. Birmingham uh, is the whole downtown area. Um, it is, is a civil rights monument. It's like a whole district dedicated to civil rights history is part of our National Park Service as well. So we've got historic yes. sites. In fact, three quarters of our National Park Service is historic. So there yes, you go. Exactly. Very and cool. I used Very to, oh, one of my first jobs out of, well, actually it was between college semesters. I was a National Park seasonal. Wow. Cool. Well, right on. I love that. Yeah, I, 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 had a I had a smoky bear hat, and I told people the cool. story of the shot heard around the world at the Minuteman Bridge in Concord, Massachusetts. Cool. Wow. <laughs> Who knew? This is so cool. So she's always been telling stories and getting people, mm -hmm. and getting people woke. That's your new name, getting people woke, woke Gilda. That's it. That's right. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love Thank it. Thank you. Well, Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Don't forget, um, you can listen to Big Blend Radio. We air Sunday through Friday. Just go to bigblendradio.com. You listen to shows as they go live, or you can listen anytime on demand. Again, letmypeoplevotemovie.com is where to go to get, get a screening. Get it in your community centers, in your schools, in your universities. Uh, get, in, get, get woke. That's the thing to do. Um, we're going to play a song to close this off. It's one of our favorite songs uh, by Makana over in Hawaii. Uh, Makana is one of the top 10 slack key guitar players in the world. You can go to his website, makanamusic.com. And this is We Are The Many, and it is off of his album, Ripe. Thanks so much for joining us, Gilda. Thank you, Gilda. Thank you. You are amazing women. Oh, my goodness. It's like talking to some like uh, encyclopedias with big hearts. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know you. so much. Thank you. Thank you. Here it is. Come for us to voice our rage Against the ones who've trapped us in a cage To steal from us the value of our wage From underneath the vestiture of law The lobbyists at Washington do not At liberty the bureaucrats guffaw and until they are purged, we won't withdraw We'll occupy the streets, we'll occupy the courts We'll occupy the offices of you, till you do The bidding of the many, not the few Our nation was built upon the right Of every person to improve their plight The laws of this republic they rewrite And now a few own everything in sight They own it free of liability they own that they are not like you and me Their influence dictates legality And until they are stopped, we are not free We'll occupy the streets We'll occupy the courts We'll occupy the offices of you Till you do the bidding of the many, not the few.
you enforce your monopolies with guns while sacrificing our daughters and sons but certain things belong to everyone your theory has left the people none so take heed of our notice to redress we have little to lose, we must confess Your empty words do leave us unimpressed The growing number join us in protest We occupy the streets, we occupy the courts We occupy the offices of you till you do the few You can't divide us into sides And from our gaze you cannot hide Denial serves to amplify and our allegiance you can't buy Our government is not for sale The banks do not deserve a bail We will not reward those who fail We will not move till we prevail We'll occupy the streets We'll occupy the courts We'll occupy the others in the view Till you do The bidding of the many, not the few We'll occupy the streets We'll occupy the courts We'll occupy the others in the